what's the most wonderful, the most precious, the most valuable present we could ever receive? I'll tell you, it's just one word. It is peace. And that's what God offers us at Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what God offers you today through Jesus Christ, if you will but accept it. Welcome to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you've joined us today as we talk about the peace that can be ours. And Jonathan, I would imagine we may have some listening today who hear you say that peace from God is available. And they say, man, I need that. I don't have God's peace in my life right now. How do I get the peace of God? Well, that's what Jesus came to bring. We're going to think today about the chorus of the angels, the multitude of the heavenly host who were there in the night sky saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And it is this message of peace with the coming of the Son of God to earth. And as we follow the story of Jesus and see where it leads, we realize that peace with God is achieved at the cross where the perfect son dies to pay the consequences of my wrongdoing and of yours as we trust in him. And that's how peace is achieved. Well, we're going to continue to look at that today from the book of Luke, chapter 2. Join us there as we begin. Glory to God in the highest. Here is Jonathan. At the height of the Vietnam War in 1971, John Lennon and Yoko Ono released their famous single, Happy Christmas, War is Over. A couple of years previous to that, they'd bought billboard space in 12 major world cities and put up signs declaring, War is Over if you want it. And their message was simply this, peace is within our grasp if we want to take hold of it together. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? Another year over, a new one just begun, a very Merry Xmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. War is over if you want it. War is over now. The peace movement of the 1960s and 70s has faded now from our memory a little bit. But as we look back on it over the last century even, we can understand why the movement came into being. A terrible conflict in Vietnam, which came at the height of the Cold War, which came on the heels of the Korean War, which came on the heels of the Second World War, which came on the heels of the First World War. That great war to end all wars, centenary of which we've just remembered. But of course, the battles have continued to rage. The guns have continued to sound. The soldiers have continued to fall year after year since Lenin and Ono sang their song and put up their billboards almost half a century ago now. See, the sad reality is, and we all, we all know this, our world is a world of conflict, of strife, of warfare, and peace, which we long for, it so often, well, it eludes us. That's true on the big scale, on the worldwide scale, and it's true on the local scale, it's true on the personal scale, it's true in our own lives. Our communities are so often divided. Our school playgrounds, kids, you know about this, our school playgrounds are often places of conflict, 
our workplaces, well, they can be battlegrounds, and even our homes, they can feel like war zones sometimes. Over the last few minutes, as we've listened to these wonderful readings, we've been walking through the Christmas story as Luke tells it to us in his gospel. And we've heard of how that angel came to that group of shepherds, and we know the story, living out in the fields near Bethlehem. And he, the angel came to, to say that the Savior had been born, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we've heard of how suddenly that angel was joined by a whole crowd of angels, a whole host of angels. And as we think back through that story, we can almost imagine the night sky being lit up with the glory of these heavenly beings. It must have been beautiful. And we can only imagine how those shepherds must have felt and what they must have thought as they went through this extraordinary experience. We've heard how the angels broke out in song, in praise to God, and, and said this, Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. And I want to focus on those words just for these few moments we have together. They're very significant words. See, these angels, they come and they stand between heaven and earth, and as they celebrate that Christ the Savior is born in Bethlehem, they look up to heaven and they say, Glory to you, God, for sending this Savior into the world. And then they look down to earth. They look down on mankind. They look down on these shepherds and they say, Peace, peace to man, peace to humankind, on whom God's favor now rests. You see, the coming of Christ, the coming of the Savior, that means peace to humanity. That's the angel's message to those shepherds of long ago. That's the angel's message to us. And I have to say, it sounds so good. Peace. It just rolls off the tongue. That word, it often goes with Christmas, doesn't it? It's on the cards and it's on the wrapping paper and it's on the signs. There's even a special advent calendar for peace. It is Christmassy to talk about peace. But are those words of the angels just wishful thinking and hopeful words, like the words of John Lennon and Yoko Ono plastered on the billboards and played on the radio stations around the world, naively declaring the end of war while the bombs continued to drop, while the soldiers continued to fall, while the fields continued to burn? Is the song of the angels just a sweet delusion that we all enjoy together for a few days of the year before we return to the grim reality of a strife-torn world? Well, no. No, it, it's not a delusion. And, and no, it's not an empty declaration. The angels, they speak truth, and the substance behind their words, the reason they can declare peace to mankind is simply this, the Savior, Christ the Lord, He is born. Now, to understand why the birth of this baby means real peace for humanity, we need to understand a little bit more about the source of strife, the reason for conflict, the story behind the wars. It's an interesting question, actually, to figure out why fights start. If you've got a little brother or a sister, who here has a little brother or a little sister? 
quite a few in this room, well, then you know a little bit of something about strife and conflict, I, I imagine. If you have a little brother or sister, you've probably had the occasional skirmish or fight with them. Maybe that doesn't happen in your household, but just imagine it did. And if you had to sort of analyze what happened in that little argument with your sibling, that little fight with your sibling, and you had to think, whose fault with it was it? Who started it? What's the answer? It is that it was their fault and not yours. That's always the case, isn't it? It's always your little brother's fault or your little sister's fault. Or if you are the little sister or the little brother, it's always your big brother's fault or your big sister's fault. That's always true, isn't it? But it can't always be true. That's the problem. If there's a conflict in a marriage, it's often pretty tough to figure out where things started to go wrong. It's easy to play the blame game. It's hard to get to the heart of the matter. Even in major wars, pinpointing the source of all the trouble, the one event, the one decision, the one declaration that made war inevitable, that's a hard thing to do, and historians argue about it. But where you and I struggle to find the ultimate source of all the conflict, all the tension, all the war, the Bible actually gives us the answer very, very plainly. The Bible tells us that the root cause of all relational breakdown among people in society, the root cause is that there has been a relational breakdown between us and our Maker, between us and the God of heaven. The reason that there is distance between people relationally is that there is distance between us and God. You see, you and I, we were made to be friends with God. That was His design, and that was His purpose. He gave us life. That was His gift to us. And He gave us a beautiful home in which to live this earth. He gave us all that we need to enjoy life in His world. But our first parents, the Bible tells us, our first parents decided that they were very happy to take all of God's good gifts from Him. But at the same time, they also decided that they didn't really want and didn't really need Him, at least not all the time. You see, they didn't want to live God's way in God's world. And so as they took His gifts with one hand, they pushed Him away with the other. And you know, the Bible tells us that we today, we follow our first parents. We do just the same thing. In big ways and in small ways, we're happy to accept God's good gifts to us with one hand and to push Him away in the other. And because things are not right between us and God, well, it means that things are not right between us and, and one another in our worlds. Because there's distance between us and our Maker, there's distance between us and, and one another. Now, we were talking about this whole idea at home just recently, and I asked my three kids for ideas of how to explain that idea, because it's a really central idea, how maybe even to illustrate it. And their top suggestion to me, this was 100% them, was that of an umbrella. <laughs> And uh, we see what you think of this. See if you think this makes any sense. My, my seven-year-old Bella offered us the use of her umbrella here to help us think about this. She gave it to me this morning. And, and here's the idea. 
now, just imagine these little sort of baubles on the, on the umbrella. These are people, okay? This one's me, and this one's you, and this one's some of, you know, my family and some friends and so on. And at the core of the umbrella is God. God's kind of the handle. It's just an illustration. Follow with me here for a moment. Now, what happens when I start to kind of pull away, pull away from God, all right? We'll see if we can do this. So I'm pulling away from God, and you're pulling away from God, and my friends are pulling away from God. As we get further and further away from God, what happens to our relationships with one another? Well, we get further and further away from one another. The further and further we get away from God. There's a link there. As we pull away from God, our relationships with one another are damaged. And when there's distance between us and God, there's distance between us and one another. When there's not peace between us and God, there's not peace among us here on earth. Well, that's the problem. That's the state of the world. That's what's gone wrong. But now suddenly, that first Christmas in Bethlehem, when the baby is born, when the Savior comes, the angels sing glory to God, glory to Him, and they declare to the world, peace, peace, peace to men on whom God's favor rests. Peace, true peace, fundamental peace, but how, but why? You're listening to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths and a message called Glory to God in the Highest, part of our series, Glory in the Highest. Hope you'll stay with us. We're going to get back to Luke chapter 2 in just a moment. Well, Encounter the Truth is a listener-supported broadcast. We do depend on your generosity to keep this teaching on the station. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to send you a book called The Four Emotions of Christmas. And Jonathan, why did you pick this book? Well, I think our great hope is that the book will bring encouragement at Christmas time, both for those who know Christ and those who don't. I think Christmas is often a time of very, very mixed emotions. We know it's meant to be the most wonderful time of the year. We know it's meant to be magical, and sometimes it is, and sometimes, well, it isn't. And in this little book, Bob Lupine takes us through the emotions of Christmas and actually traces those back to the first Christmas and draws us to find our joy in Christmas, not in our circumstances or our situation, which may be great or may not be great, but to find our joy and hope at Christmas in the Lord Jesus Christ who came to be our Savior. And I think that'll be an encouragement. I think that'll be a help to all of us. Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book. Again, it's called The Four Emotions of Christmas. It's our way of saying thank you for your financial support this month. You can give a gift online when you come to EncounterTheTruth.org or call us at 833-998-7884. That's EncounterTheTruth.org or 833-99-TRUTH. Well, let's get back to the message. Once again, here is Jonathan. That first Christmas in Bethlehem, when the baby is born, when the Savior comes, the angels sing glory to God, glory to Him, and they declare to the world, peace, peace, peace to men on whom God's favor rests. Peace, true peace, fundamental peace, but how, but why? Well, it's peace, 
because God has sent his Son to make peace. It's peace because God has sent a Savior into the world who will invite mankind, who will invite men and women, boys and girls, to be friends with God once more, that the relationships might come back together, that we might know him, that we might be friends with him once more. Peace because the Savior will not only live to make peace, but the Savior will actually one day die to make peace. He will die to pay the price for all the wrong we have done, paying the price so that the barrier between us and God can be removed, so that as the angels say, God's favor may rest upon us and not His displeasure. Christmas, it's about peace. It's, it's true. The candle and the wrapping paper and the cards, they've got it right. Perhaps more right than they even know. Christmas is an offer of peace with God for anyone who will accept it. You know, today, Christmas Eve, it's a wonderful opportunity to reflect on that offer from God Himself, on that invitation, on the achievement of Christmas. For some of us, for many of us, it's an opportunity simply to say thank you to God. Thank you to Him for sending Jesus. It's an opportunity to thank Him for the peace that we enjoy. It's an opportunity to join with the angels in saying glory to God for what He has done. For others here, Christmas Eve is perhaps a prompt and a prod to think about the true meaning of Christmas once again, or even for the first time. And if you don't know this, this gift of Christmas, if you haven't received that peace that only Christ the Savior can bring, well, then the invitation of Christmas is for you. The, the invitation to come to receive forgiveness, to make things right between you and your Maker. I wonder what it is that you'd most like for Christmas this year. Does anyone know what they're hoping to get tomorrow? Does anyone have a clear idea in their mind? I expect quite a number do around this room. They're hoping for one thing in particular under the tree tomorrow morning. Maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's a nice new Christmas sweater with a reindeer and a bell and a fluffy head or whatever it is, something to wear next year. Maybe it's something nice for the house or for the workshop. Maybe some here in this room have their eye on a, on a smaller present in terms, at least, of its dimension, something very small even, something sparkly and something expensive, perhaps. If that's you, you might like to point your significant other to a diamond that's just been dug up in the Northwest Territories. A mining company has just announced they found the biggest diamond ever unearthed in North America before weighing in at 552 carats. That would make for a very, very nice ring, I think. And I'm sure it can be purchased for just the right price, guys. Perhaps a discussion for the car on the way home. Some might dream of a jewel like that, but what's the most wonderful the most precious, the most valuable present we could ever receive. I'll tell you, it's just one word. It is peace. There's nothing more precious than that. If we know anything about conflict, and we all know something about conflict, well, then we know that there is nothing more precious in all the world, in all the universe, than peace.
And that's what God offers us at Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what God offers you today through Jesus Christ, if you will but accept it. As we close, I'd just like to say this. I'm pretty sure that there will be a number here, even in this room this Christmas Eve, who as you listen to the words of the angels, you recognize right away that this is your deepest and most fundamental need. You know in your heart of hearts that things are not right between you and God. You may have some things on your conscience that are very, very burdensome to you, very, very hard to carry around. And if you actually thought that that burden of guilt could be lifted off your shoulders, if you thought that God would really accept you, really forgive you, if you thought that you could have true peace with God this Christmas, it would be the most precious thing that anyone could ever give you. You know, some here in this room may actually be quite ready to receive that offer of Christmas, the gift of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe you've heard plenty about this peace, this gift. You've heard about it at Sunday school, or you've heard about it at home. Maybe you've been thinking about it for some time, or maybe today is the first time you've ever really heard it articulated and really ever understood it, but maybe today, maybe this Christmas Eve, maybe today is the day that you are to receive peace with God through Jesus Christ, through His arrival into the world, through His death in our place. And if that's you, if you would like to receive the greatest gift ever given, I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment that will enable you to do that very thing. I'm going to read them out for us, just so you can consider if they're words that you would like to say in your own heart. And if they are words that you are ready to say, and you would like to say to God yourself, I'm going to invite you to join me in that prayer in your own heart in a moment, to receive that gift of peace with God. But let me read the prayer, and you just think about it first. It goes like this, Lord God, I'm sorry that I've turned away from you and have not lived your way in your world. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world to be my Savior. Thank you that he died for me and for all the wrong I have done. Please give me peace with you through Jesus this Christmas. I pray it in Jesus' name. So I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer with me in the quietness of your own heart. I'm going to invite all of us perhaps just to bow our heads and, and close our eyes as we do that. But if you'd like to join with me, do as I pray. Lord God, I'm sorry that I've turned away from you and have not lived your way in your world. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world to be my Savior Thank you that he died for me and for all the wrong I have done. Please give me peace with you through Jesus this Christmas. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've prayed that prayer with me in your heart with sincerity, you can actually be assured that you have received the greatest gift ever given. And if that's happened this afternoon, we join with the angels and we say, glory to God in the highest. God bless you and give you a good Christmas.
Jonathan Griffiths here on Encounter the Truth, a message called Glory to God in the Highest. And if you've prayed that prayer with Jonathan today, I hope you'll let us know that. You can just come to our website, EncounterTheTruth.org, click on the contact link, and let us know that you prayed that prayer to receive the greatest gift ever given. You could also call, let us know over the phone, talk to one of our staff members. Our toll-free number is 833-99-TRUTH. That's 1-833-998-7884. Well, as we approach the end of this year, I want to ask you to consider a generous year-end gift. We do depend on your financial support to keep Jonathan's teaching here on the station. So if you're benefiting from listening, if you're growing in your relationship with Christ, would you give a gift? We want to say thank you by sending you a book that Jonathan has picked out. It's called The Four Emotions of Christmas. It's written by Bob Lapine, and it's our thank you gift to you for your financial support this month. You can find out more or give online at EncounterTheTruth.org or call us at 833-99-TRUTH. That's 833-998-7884 or EncounterTheTruth.org. For Jonathan Griffiths and our producer, Mark Bretta, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time.